I kind of like that better. I wish we'd been doing that the whole month. <laughs> so, hi, welcome to Behind the Hype. With me, your host, as always, Brian Dressel. With me, as always, is Chewy Darso and Jonathan Hardesty. Woo! Hi. I, this week, again, in Taika Waititi Month, if you cannot tell from our very long, somewhat lackluster energy wise intro, but, uh, but the energy is still here for the actual episode. So, at least we still have that, even yeah. if our, our intro is a little. Uh, <laughs> week three of Taika Month this week is seeing the hunt for wilder people. Uh, Wilder people. Yeah, pretty excited about this one. Th- this was a, it's quite a good movie. Which, as I learned while we were watching the movie, they are not hunting wilder people. They are the wilder people. Yep. Yeah, that uh, that kind of kind of threw me for a loop. Seeming that I I should should have really watched more than ten minutes of both of this movie and the last one. Turns out I need to give Wake take a little I, bit more I knew of a shot. Just about nothing about this movie <laughs> before going in. Yeah. Uh, same. Oh, perfect. So we're all kind of on the same page. That's even better. Uh, before we get too far into it, does anybody have a where have they been doing? I meant to get to uh, his uh, his trial episode of What We Do in the Shadows. So if John did not get to that this week, I will go- try to next week instead. John, did you yeah, have one? I, I don't at the moment, no. I was, gonna, okay. I was going to uh, – I was thinking about getting Hulu again just to check the episode out and a few other things. But no, I haven't made the jump. Fair enough. All right, so let's uh, let's move right into it. Uh, I did the last two. Chewie, do you want to do a breakdown really quick for the Hunt for Wilder People? Okay, Hunt for Wilder People. We have a young boy who is being taken to the wilderness by this woman who constantly complains about how difficult he is and is obsessed about the fact that he spits. Uh, she brings that up a lot. Yeah, he spits, and I'm like, is that a bigger thing in other countries? Because I don't think anyone would care here too much. Uh, but... So, and he's very much a a kid who's into the idea of being a gangster. So, skucks. Uh, sc- skucks? Skucks. Yeah. Either way, you would not look at that kid and be like, he's going to be really good about walking around in a forest and living. Uh, <laughs> but turns out, uh, when his auntie dies, we don't know why, uh, he decides that he doesn't want to go back to the city with the welfare, children welfare people and go to juvie. Uh, he decides to burn down a barn and run away into the bush. And Sam Neill, as the disgruntled uncle he is in this movie, playing Heck, uh, goes after him and then breaks his leg and they get stuck in the bush for a while. And then once he gets better, they find out that everyone assumes he kidnaps or kidnapped the boy. Um, and so they're on the run. Uh, that's the majority of the movie until he meets a beautiful young girl. They save a guy from dying of diabetes. And then the child welfare people just don't stop. And there's a big thing with tanks and helicopters and guns and a chase and everything that happens at the end. And it's really, it's elevated. Yeah, it's, it's quite dramatic. It's very dramatic. Uh, and in the end, it all just kind of works out. Yeah, it kind of does. Everything's just sort of fine at the end. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I feel like there should be more uh, uh, 
if there were more repercussions, we glazed over that. Because at the end, I think they said a year went by. I'm not sure. I mean, he mentions kind of like I had to put up with my new family for a year. And then yeah. he like gestures to them. They're over there just kind of hanging out. But I mean, that could have been anything, really. Yeah. I mean, he could have just been like, well, I have to stay with these people for a year. And he just met them a month ago. Like, they, they leave uh, it kind of vague. And I'm, I'm sort of fine with that. He's to hang out with the cute girl, the really, like, bro-ish dad. And heck is going to come help out on their farm. Yeah, every, everything is just sort of hunky-dory at the end. And he is not a molester. <laughs> pervert. Well, not pervert. just that, but he's not a molester he doesn't, he doesn't like yeah, Or either. a molesterer. He <laughs> really didn't like molesterer. No. <laughs> oh, fuck you, I'm not a molesterer! <laughs> I didn't molester him! <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so quick round of the table. I mean, I guess I already said that I loved it. How did you guys feel about it? Yeah, no, I, I, I really liked it. Maybe not as much as Boy, but it's pretty close. Okay. I like how different it is from all those other movies, because there is no tragic doofus in this movie. No, I mean, you can make an argument that Ricky's kind of a tragic doofus, but not really. The closest thing we have to a doofus is the girl's dad. The one that wants a selfie. Psycho Sam. He's a psycho. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, th- th- there are those characters, but they're not the main characters this time, which, I mean, given the other two movies we watched this month, is kind of a, uh, a refreshing change of pace. Um, personally, I think I liked it a little bit more than Boy, and maybe it's just I, I just liked how much more polished it was. Like, he's just a little bit more experienced of a filmmaker at this point. So I think he was just able to get his point across a little better. Like, his voice is just a little bit stronger. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. I mean, it's kind of tough to say one is better than the other because they're very, very different movies. But I could see myself going back to this one a little bit more. Um, And that's actually kind of where I wanted to start with this. Because because this one has a little bit stronger voice to it and it has such an unbelievably charismatic lead of uh, Julian Dennison, uh, who plays Ricky, I, I, I feel like this movie... For as serious as it is, it does such a good job still being kind of lighthearted, which is a tightrope act that I don't think I've really seen pulled off as well in very... I can't even think of another movie that pulls it off as well as it does here. Like, we have death, abandonment, loneliness, uh, pretty much every, like, major traumatic thing that can happen to somebody happens to people throughout this movie, and yet, within minutes of it, you're already kind of laughing. Like, he does a good job of, like, letting you know that this is horrible... But the movie isn't about horrible things. The movie's about being positive and, like, uplifting. And I think because of that, and because he's so much stronger at doing that now, I got more out of this movie than I did, say, Boy, which attempted a lot of these very similar ideas of very horrifyingly sad things, but look, it's kind of funny. And I just don't think it ever quite clicked as well as it did in this one. Because at the end of Boy, I'm like, that movie was a huge bummer that I laughed a couple of times at. Whereas this one, I'm like, that movie was an absolute joy to watch. Yeah, I can agree with that. And we shouldn't even be surprised that that's the trajectory we're on with these movies now. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I was... The voice... I didn't really get as much meaning. I don't know how to say it. Like, I got some meanings out of it, what you were saying. But maybe because the ending is so, like, everything's fine... I didn't get, like, any, like, real message, perhaps. 
Well, I think the for me, the message that I got is the one that, like, me personally, and I think why I ended up liking the movie as much as I did, because it's a very personal message to me, uh, and I think a lot of us transplants out here in L.A., uh, your family is not necessarily the one you're born with, but kind can be the one you choose. It doesn't have to be one or the other. It can be both. Because this character, Ricky, has no family. None. Like, they make that very clear. And by the end of the movie, he's got a sister, a dad, and an uncle. And that that's who they are to him. They are his family. Like, that is the one stipulation to get Sam Neill's character, Heck, to come with him, is that he's allowed... He's like, I got one rule. I have to be able to call you uncle. And he's like, fair enough. And it's like, because that's who he is to him. Okay. So the chosen family thing, I think if they had gone for the more realistic, like, real-world ending, where Heck would be in jail the rest of his life, even though there's no way Ricky would ever want to press charges, not that he could because he's a minor, but, like... Ricky would be up and down testifying he did nothing to me. This man's innocent. I would have been dead without him, but it doesn't matter. Like, he'd still be screwed. If they'd gone for that ending, that whole chosen family message would be washed. Like, it would just be gone. Yeah. No, I, I agree with that. And I think that the uh, it, the, pre, the, two, the two movies we've watched are playing at different ideas, too. And each one, with the basic idea of, like, for boy, it was, you know, you got, you've got to deal with it grapple with the pain and this one is like finding that chosen family and and yeah no i think it's hard to compare those two because of like they're going two different directions with that but i think i do agree with you brian that it feels more cohesive here in terms of the movie it's going for yeah i I feel like just like as he grew as a director he was able to let go of things like he's able to let go of logic essentially for a movie like this you kind of have to like the just the storyline in and of itself of here's this kid who's never been in the wilderness before is going to go out with a guy who's very adept at living in the bush. He could probably spend the rest of his life there if he wanted to, and he'd be fine. But still, this kid gets trained by him for what three months, maybe, and then is able to outsmart. I they were out there for like six, to seven months. I think total, but I'm talking about like where they get separated. He goes and hangs out with uh with Kahu. I can't remember how to pronounce her name. K a h a u. Uh, but wait, he goes and hangs out with her for a night, and then he loses Heck. So he has to go find him on his own, and it's quite the montage of him like outsmarting these uh all the people looking for him, all the cops, the helicopters, the SWAT teams going through the forest. He's doing great. Yeah, yeah I guess that's what I got more out of the movie was self reliance than the family issue. I, I, but I think that I think it can kind of walk and chew bubblegum if you know what I mean. Like well, yeah, it, it does it, both. Yeah, well, of course. Yeah, other people get more out of movies than per se you yeah. or whatnot. Because so for me, I don't really get a connection to the other two characters becoming his family because we don't really spend any time with them. The one girl is super attractive to him, offers him sausage, and the other guy wants a selfie. Like. I don't get any establishment of them becoming a family. <laughs> yeah, they uh, both offer him sausage. I know too. that's <laughs> what they say at the end to tie it together. So for me, I didn't really get that as much of a powerful message. I just really liked seeing his confidence get built up and his ability to bond with other human beings, which I assume he was not able to do before. Yeah, and then sort of the the whole. I mean, I know this isn't about him hating himself, but it's kind of going back on that old, that old saying of you can't love someone until you love yourself. It'd be like the same sort of thing. Like, he wasn't able to connect to people until he figured out who he was. Yeah. And this journey through the bush with Heck while being chased by everyone is how he discovered who he was. So, yeah. Like, there's a lot of... I get more of that out of this movie than I get family relations. 
I was really stuck on the family part, but I think they're both there, and I think they both kind of shine through really well, because if I can love it for this and you can love it for that, then clearly it's doing both, and it's doing both of them yeah. very well. Like, yeah, really... and I would say that's the, the I would say that's the difference here with this one then. That would be my get like my thought is this movie is now juggling multiple ways to interpret it. Where the previous ones it's it's pretty obviously like just the one main way to watch the movie. Eagle versus Shark Boy. But this, yeah, it has those two methods and both of your guys' arguments for it, I agree with. They work for it. <laughs> I can yeah, read I would that into say it. It was really driven home to me with how they kept having the girl chasing him. Paula. Paula. Just constantly saying, no child left behind. <laughs> no child left behind. No child left behind. I really feel like that. And it's like, do you even know what that means? Like, you're just following these this, like, roadmap of what your job is supposed to be. And she, clearly she wants to have more authority than she actually does because she wants to be in a tank. She demands someone give her a gun. She wants to be the Terminator. <laughs> and it's just like she's so regimented yeah. no, by, you, you stay by sticking to her whatever idea of no child left behind. You're clearly leaving this child behind emotionally. Like he's running away from her so he can find out who he is because she's just trying to keep him in the system. God. The, just the first time she says it and the look, I think it's the that his aunt, uh, what's her name? Uh, Bella. Bella. When, Bella. The, when she's like, you know, no no child left behind. And Bella just gives her a look and she's like, not like that, but you know, no child, no child left behind. Like, I love that Taika was smart enough to acknowledge. He's like, yes, I'm making fun of George Bush's stupid phrase. Yeah. Because, <laughs> yeah, if you look at every child the same and it's just like your job, a cog in the machine, you're leaving them behind, whether or not you're placing them in a house or putting them in juvie, you're leaving them behind because you don't care about them. Yeah. But man, like, j just for half a second here, uh, holy crap was Rachel House good in this movie. Like, yes. she's been in, she wasn't in Boy, was she? Not that I remember. Uh, she, was the, she was the woman who took all the jobs. Okay, yeah, so she's been no, in that all... that was her? So she's been she in... Yeah. different. She's in three out of three movies so far, and I, I would guess she'll probably be in Jojo Rabbit. I haven't even looked at the cast list yet. John, could you confirm that? Uh, let me take a look. I know she's in Thor Ragnarok. Um, no, I was just saying, if you know off the top of your head, you don't have to look for it. That's fine. Um, oh, that's, that, that's her in Thor Ragnarok. Oh, my yeah. God. <laughs> oh, yeah, she's I, also... He's together also... about halfway through that movie. I'm like, ah, that's where I know her from. Thor Ragnarok. Oh man, uh, she's the one with the death stick. Yeah, <laughs> or the melt stick. Sorry, uh, <laughs> I I'm just glad that they gave her more to do in this. To like, just her role is just fun. Yeah, because like, and her as the antagonist is just a delight. Because she was funny in Boy uh, Eagle versus Shark. Like she was funny. She didn't really have a lot to do in it, but she was funny. And then, holy shit, is she great in this thing? Like she's like a character out of Looney Tunes. She's just all over the place. She's so big and just like. Just such a big character who's going yeah. after this kid, and it's like, holy shit! He calm is down. <laughs> he is the pinnacle of her life. Yeah, like she is laser focused on trying to find him, and it's clearly that she's enjoying the race more, or the the chase more than she actually gives a crap about Ricky. Yeah. Oh, she does not give one fuck about Ricky. She's like uh she's like Bookman from Seinfeld. She just never let get she never let one get away. So she has to like <laughs> right. finish yeah. it up. Yeah, no, her favorite movie is gonna be Hot Fuzz, right? When that comes out, like 
So Ricky does become a gangster because he totally bucks the system by getting away from her for the majority of the film, and then he ends up getting caught. But you know, it had to end at some point. <laughs> I also got to say, I love the way they get caught. Like the few times they get caught, it's just so like, yeah, that's how it would happen. Of oh shit, there they are. Like it's just every time they get caught, it's just like oh, there they are. Ricky, come over here. Just just walk down into the ravine and then climb up some sticks to us. No. No. <laughs> I just, oh, what a great my scene. god, that entire moment of like, go get him. Oh, it's a little steep. Here, you come over here. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like, she she's kind of like my my low key MVP of the movie. Like Sam Neill, Julian Dennison, they they were phenomenal. And of course, as I've said before in, uh, on Behind the Hype and After the Hype, anything with Reese Darby, Reese Darby is my favorite character. He was amazing in this. Uh, but man, Rachel House just just wins. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, Reese Darby in this is like the answer to the question, like where do you go once you already have Paula in this movie? It's like where else can you go? It's like Man-bush. oh, it's, oh <laughs> yeah, oh my, it's gonna come back around. I'm sure for one of our favorites, if it's not mine, but his fucking intro is just amazing, and it goes so far that his intro, he was so convincing. I didn't realize it was him until he started talking, like not his like intro with the man Bush. Man, Bush, Bushman, like that was amazing. But when he finally we go to his house and they start like spending time with him, I'm like, oh, it is Reese Darby. I'm like, man, I wonder why Reese Darby is in any Tycho movies. Oh, there he is. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh. but with the just kind of moving away from the actors and performances, as great as they all were, the, the something I feel we should talk about a little bit is the both Boy and Eagle vs Sharks were original ideas from Tycho, and this one was a little bit different because this was based on a book. Uh, the book was, I remember the name of it. Wild Pork and Watercress. <laughs> that, is a, uh, that is a different title than what I thought it was. So I'm glad we looked it up. <laughs> is uh, that really the book? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Perfect. Okay. So I, I was very curious about, like, I've seen, obviously, Thor Ragnarok a number of times. I've read the Ragnarok story. I'm familiar with it both from the, the Norse mythology and the comic mythology. So I, I'm familiar with the story of Ragnarok. And then I saw what Taika did with it was basically just like, that's a cool idea in name. I'm going to do my own thing. So I was very <laughs> curious if that was similar to what he did with this book. And from what I've been able to look up, no. He actually honored the book rather well. There's a few things here and there, like the character we are just talking about, Psycho Sam, isn't in the book. Uh, relationships are a little different. Uh, it it kind of seems like Taika just took things that were uh, more normalized in the book. Say, like, heck and... Ricky's relationship was really kind of mellow. Like, they got along. Like, sure, Hex like an old grumpy goat, but they got along from pretty much word one. Uh, hmm. and, and things like that throughout, from, like, the, the lists that I've been kind of going through. Really, what That's... it looks like he did was took pretty solid source material and just put a little sprinkling of Taika Waititi on it. Hmm. And it's like, that's kind of awesome. Yeah, and it's kind of cool to know that he can do that. Especially yeah. with the Thor Ragnarok example. Because <laughs> it felt like they just kind of went, Taika do a Taika thing to this basic idea <laughs> that's yeah, from like, many sources. Whereas this, I guess, from what you're saying, it's like, yeah, he's honoring it. And it's not something that you would actually really think about if you've only seen his later stuff, necessarily. Mm-hmm. Sorry, took a big swig of water. Um, yeah, no, it, it's just kind of like, like little things like, Say the child, like the uh, Rachel House, who we love. Yes, she's in the book, but does she hunt in the whole movie from tanks? No. 
There's a part of me that looks at her character just like the still photo right now and be like, this woman definitely watches Law and Order. (laughs) (laughs) Just because the way she always has no child left behind, which is it mostly an American phrase or? I I mean, I just know it because of the Bush thing, but otherwise Uh, I'm not sure. George Bush, uh, I think the police officer tells her that too. She does a really like half-assed version of Miranda rights, which even the buddy oh cop that God. she has goes, that's an American thing. Like, that... that's not, you're not even a cop. <laughs> <laughs> you're not a cop. That's an American thing. It's done. <laughs> yeah. So, like, I feel like she views herself as sort of like a law and order detective person who's just like, this is my life. This is what I do. Once I'm done with it, everyone will understand and I will be a hero. Well, it's interesting that you mention that because one of the things that uh, Ricky admits to himself is that he got, really got into the narrative of being a gangster, being chased by cops. So, like, o- o- in a way, almost Ricky and Paula are the exact opposites of each other. Oh, they, but like also, really but also fans. taking it. The, yeah. yeah, they're both doing the same thing. They're both playing, which I thought was an interesting kind of twist. Oh no, that that's honestly now, now that you're mentioning it, and I, I just totally hadn't fully clicked in on it that might be one of my favorite things in the movie the the main protagonist and the main antagonist are just a couple of kids playing at real world events like cops cops versus yeah cops versus robbers and it's just kind of a fun really fun way to look at it especially as they both have their own chaperones who are fully understanding how real this is Like, we have Sam Neill, who's like, no, I'm being hunted because they think I kidnapped and possibly molested a child. And the cop is like, we need to hunt down a man who possibly kidnapped and molested a child. <laughs> and the other two people are like, wee! <laughs> Look at how cool this is! I, I'm in tanks! Oh, oh yeah, no, the, the scene. It's yeah, the, the scene. part when she's yelling at them to give her a gun. <laughs> Why would anyone give you a gun? That's amazing. Yeah, no, the scene where they pass by each other, the tank, he, he turn, Ricky turns the vehicle around, heads back, and he just stares at her. Like, you could tell it was the time of their life. Like, even though, even though they're glaring at each other, it was almost like cheesy, cow, you know, cowboys facing off. Oh, for sure. It's Batman and the Joker. You right love there. your nemesis, even if you hate your nemesis. Yeah, although I think we, in this world, we'd be kind of rooting for the Joker then. We're not root. Oh. I'm rooting for Ricky the whole way through. Are you not? Well, yeah, of course. We're, I just was like, which one are you calling the Joker? Well, I'm talking like law enforcement versus not law enforcement. Yeah. We'd be going yeah. by those rules. I mean, I guess Batman isn't law enforcement. Boy, that's a different rabbit hole. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I think the the experiment of Taika doing a book, I think it worked out really well. And I'm always, you know, more of the mind of adapt the book as opposed to having the book on screen. But it looks like, from what I can tell, and it would have been really helpful if I found somebody who had actually read the book, uh, but from what I can tell, he did a very good job of kind of walking that tightrope of both putting the book on screen and adapting it. And I, I think that is just, that's just awesome. Yeah, no, and it, it seems to be like the trajectory of a a good trajectory for a filmmaker. You make a couple of your own movies and then try adapting. And usually, I don't know, it. I've never been too keen on, like, in, more indie adaptations of things because then i'll check out the source material and be like hey this is actually kind of awesome why did you less like why did you make it somehow less and it's always like budget or something along those lines but it seems like this was a, a good match a good sensibility for him yeah. to just amplify the material and yeah no like <laughs> the more i watch adaptations of along these lines along this budget the more i'm in line with you brian the whole like 
adapt it. Don't copy paste it. Yeah, it's just you're just wasting time. If we want to see the book, we'll read the book. Otherwise, I'm I'm here for a movie. Make the best movie possible. And I I feel like Taika did that this time. I mean, there, there, I could sing this movie's praises for for days on end. And it's funny, like this was the one movie I think I mentioned uh, two weeks ago. That when I told my dad I was doing a month on Taika Waititi, he's like, Hunt for Wilder People. You need to watch Hunt for Wilder People. I'm like, I, I know. I'm well aware. You just watched it two weeks ago, so you can get all the way off my back. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting to it. Uh, but I, I talked to my dad earlier today, and he's just like, oh, that movie's so good. That movie's just so good. And I totally felt for Sam Neill when he broke his leg or ankle. Except it takes longer for that to heal. Because it took me, what, two and a half months? And I think they said that they, he was down for three weeks, six weeks? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, yeah no, if I were reaching for straws to find a, a complaint for this, because I've, I've had to reach, uh, it would be the sense of just not understanding uh, their their sense of time. Like, I don't have the same... I mean, I guess that's the point, because Ricky doesn't, but the way the movie plays fast and loose with how long things are, and it's like, where I, even I now, looking back, can't remember how long certain things took. That would be my only complaint, but it's overshadowed by the fact that so many of the time tra- like time passing montages are actually great in this movie. Yeah, and I, I think it kind of leans back into what I said in the beginning of the episode of, yes, you're absolutely right. Time doesn't really make sense, but that's also kind of Taika going, what's important for the narrative and what's important to lock this into reality? And Time's important for this, reality, not the narrative. This is kind of a fantasy film yeah. right, about people running into the bush and evading the law. Oh, yeah. I mean, that everyone has that fantasy. It's one yeah. of my favorite books when I read as a child was My Side of the Mountain. Yeah, it's just yeah. tale as old as time. Yeah. <laughs> you want to run away and do your own thing. Everyone does at some point in their lives. Hell, I still think about buying a goat and running away, and then Brian tells me, don't do that. Well, yeah, that'd be a bad idea. You have a husband and child. Why bring you with... <laughs> I don't want to go in the woods with a goat. Just don't kill Corrin's goat. We need it for milk. I don't want to live off goat milk. Well, you, you, it's just the start. Way to wreck the fantasy, Brian. Way to wreck it. Chewie's in the fantasy world. I'm locked in reality. Um, I had something else I was going to say. About goats? No. I goat milk? You got lost I mean, they goats. did have a goat in the other movie. It was a goat in the other movie. Uh, that's it, why I said don't kill Corn's goat. Yeah, it was real sad. <laughs> I didn't like it when the goat died. That was a bummer. That's the thing. This movie. Oh man, I was gonna say this movie doesn't really have any bummer moments. Yeah, it does. Holy shit! When Zag, uh, uh, oh yeah, Sam Neill's dog dies. Fuck, that was a bummer. Uh, that, and that was bad because I've read stuff. I've is one of those weird rabbit holes I've gone down about invasive species and how terrible pigs are as an invasive species. And one of them is, is when wild boars do their thing, they're really hard to contain and they're very dangerous. So the moment I watch the dogs go after the pig, I'm like, oh, dog's going to die. Yep. One of the, yeah, one of the dogs is about to die. There's no getting away from it. (sighs) And for a hot second, I'm like, did Tupac die too? Tupac is the name of the dog. I should, I should clarify if you're listening to this. (laughs) Tupac. Wait, Tupac was in this movie? You guys are doing a terrible job breaking this down. That's who they're hunting. He is the wilder people. He's been hiding in New Zealand. Surprise! Crossover with John Singleton Month. Uh (laughs) Elvis is also there. He's now a hobbit. Yeah, I mean, why not? It's a cinematic universe now at this point. Jeez. 
oh my god <laughs> but yeah like the uh I, for a second i thought both dogs died and i was very glad to see that the other one yeah. had it but you just had to mention lord of the rings holy shit lord of the rings moment in this movie <laughs> was amazing well, it's just because i made the reference to lord of the rings right before ricky did it's like he's hiding behind the tree and she goes oh it's like lord of the rings and then he starts mouthing something he's like what's he saying and then he does the whole like mouth with the ring thing she's like oh he's making the reference <laughs> <laughs> this it's was like, on purpose oh this was this was very much intentional <laughs> And I love that the, the way Ricky says it, like, I just want to spend a, just a hot minute on Ricky, just around the world. The way that Ricky tells Sam Neill that he was messaging, Lord, that he was referencing Lord of the Rings is so bitchy and hilarious. <laughs> saying it was like Lord of the Rings and just walks away. It's like, come on, you idiot. <laughs> Sam Neill doesn't look like he knows what he was talking about. He probably definitely didn't read the books. Uh, no, I can't so, read. <laughs> so he probably didn't see the movie. <laughs> No, I, I would guess Sam Neill's not a big fan of movies. No. Uh, but no, just just a little bit about Julian Dennison, because all we really said was that he was good, but this was uh, essentially his breakout role, right? I'll, yeah. I'll do a, a slight IMDb Yeah, because he did this before... Uh, before Deadpool 2? Deadpool, yeah. yeah. So he'd done a few things oh, here and there. Oh, yeah, okay. Um, but then he did this, and then a couple years later, he, he got Deadpool 2. And, I mean, Deadpool 2, he, he's fine in. Like, it, it, Deadpool 2 is a bit of... I keep saying tool. Deadpool 2 is a bit of a mess. It's an entertaining movie, but it's a little... Oh, it's a mess. It's a mess. Uh, yeah. This one is obviously much more laser-focused on like what it wants to be, so I think he was able... It's a stronger direction, stronger story, stronger just kind of everything. Um, and it really just kind of shines how unbelievably great this kid was just at being an actor. Like, like this kid was just pretty mm-hmm. much untested. He'd done a couple of things. And he carries this movie. Like, he has A-lister Sam Neill with him. A former A-lister, possibly still current A-lister. I'm not sure how to really judge he's that. He's an A-lister in life. He's Sam Neill. Sam Neill's amazing. I'm not saying that. He's just not in a lot of movies these days. I so think he... that's by choice. Kind of like Sarah Connor. Linda Hamilton, yes. Yes, uh, I know. Yeah, well, I mean, at this point, come on. Yeah. She's a Sarah uh, Connor. She's a Sarah fair, Connor. Fair, fair. Uh, what Ricky. do you mean? Amelia Clark was great. Uh... <laughs> No, it's funny that you mentioned that because I, I was trying for this whole movie to figure out where I saw Julian Dennison from. And it was like it was bottom is like he seems so familiar. And then just making the Deadpool connection now, I'm just like it almost makes me mad at Deadpool for not utilizing him more after seeing him in this. And if this is his kind of beginning in, in his filmography, then like, geez, this is he's hilarious, brilliant. Yeah. He, he is his charisma just fucking explodes off that screen like he's a orphan in deadpool as well right yeah i wonder if he's gonna be an orphan in godzilla versus kong <laughs> that'd be kind of ridiculous but like, what if they it, just bring ricky back to godzilla versus kong he just that would be awesome plant that character in there if it's just like you have godzilla and kong they finally like all right now we're gonna go smash some cities together. We're friends. And you just see Ricky walk out. I didn't choose the Skuck's life. <laughs> Skuck's well, life if, chose me. What, I could maybe just see Ricky hanging out in the bush with Kong. I mean, Skull Island doesn't look too much different than the bush on New Zealand. Well, the bush in New Zealand doesn't have gargantuan, horrifying monsters in it. Say that yeah, to fair. Lord of the Rings. <laughs> New Zealand is not Middle Earth. Yes, it is. <laughs> That's what the airlines would have you believe. Jeez. How many people in the ATH network do we have to convince that New Zealand is not Middle Earth? Okay, right now we're at two. If it's not Middle Earth, it is where 
all of the Megazords live. I never said it wasn't Angel Grove. I know that New Zealand is Angel Grove. I've got that much. (laughs) (laughs) So that's a whole different can of worms we got to deal with. We're not talking Power Rangers right now. (laughs) But but speaking of Lord of the Rings, this movie has a lot of beautiful helicopter shots and scenery shots. Like... Yeah, the does view everyone have so to breathtaking. go to the very top of the mountains to get through them in New Zealand? I mean, well, they well, were yeah, kind that's... of on a mission in this one. Because, like, the, the whole mission of getting uh, his aunt to the lake that's highest up to spread her ashes was kind of, I think, the point. Yeah, I don't know. I just, like, if you're trying to hide, why does everyone keep walking on the tips of these mountains in New Zealand? Because it's cinematic as fuck! I know. <laughs> it also ties into that whole the, the knack thing that they keep talking about in the movie, where it's like... If you're like, don't panic, just go to the top of the mountain and look. And that's kind of like, they reference that a few times. So like to be able to go up visually in the movie to see, like to get our bearings served like that served a purpose thematically in the movie, but also was so beautiful to look at all those shots. Oh yeah. And the, the, the really interesting thing compared to say the, the week the past two movies is all three of these movies were shot in New Zealand and Holy Lord, do they all look different. Different, yeah, quite different uh, ideas of New Zealand. Yeah, like each and every one of them is a, a totally different look. And I think that's just, A, it's just fascinating because throughout Taika Waititi Month, we're actually getting a, a nice little tour of New Zealand. Who knew? Yeah, Grand that, that ends beautiful next place week. that has no COVID. Hey, they have COVID, like 15 people caught it. It's more in than that. total. I think it's more than that now, but they, uh, they're, they're definitely kicking the rest of the world's ass. But I mean... They're losing to the rest of the world, right? Because you get whoever has the most COVID wins, right? That's why we're number one. Okay. We are number one. We're crushing it. <laughs> Hashtag winning. Oh. And if we're gonna talk about time and knowledge we've all gained from quarantine, uh, their hair would have gotten a lot longer. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I know. Sam Neill's beard was reality. too perfect. But it's just one of those things. Can you imagine how many movies people are watching in quarantine and be like, bullshit, you've been there that long. My hair's grown three inches and I've only been here a month. Yeah, I'm looking at like all of Lost right now like, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> like, so, I love you, Lost. Where's but, the barber? There's got to be one of you on the plane. But my hair was under an inch long not that long ago. And now like I have half a foot on my head. Like this is insanity. <laughs> yeah, no, so, yeah, I, I agree. Head, when I turn my head back and forth and shake the hair, I, I have danger of whiplash because it's so heavy. There's so much <laughs> hair now. And my beard is just it out. the mic. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah. I could smell and, that. I'm yeah, sure it's a just like a bad thing, but we're going to let it, it go. It smells like shampoo. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Sam Neill's beard was too perfect to be realistic in this movie. Jeez. Oh, yeah. No, there's definitely some Hollywood nonsense in here. I wish there was at some point where he had to do like a magic trick and be like, just so you know, I'm also Merlin. (laughs) That's why I can live in the bush. I'm also Merlin and I look for dinosaurs. (laughs) (laughs) I've also been to hell and back. And I don't really like kids. (laughs) (laughs) But I just keep having to run through forests with them and save them from things. All right, so uh, let's start moving into the end of this thing. Is there anything that we missed? We kind of talked about the look of it. It looked amazing. Uh, we've kind of covered all the actors, how good the, the writing and directing was. What, what did we miss? Anything important? I want to work on a movie someday in a forest because I constantly co- think about the logistics of it and how crazy it's got to be for a film crew. 
I will always remember watching behind the scenes of Pirates of the Caribbean 2 when they did one shot that it took half a day to climb down to to get. And they're like, this was such a waste of time. I remember that behind the scenes. <laughs> I did not see that. I think it played before a movie. Like, it was one of those ones, so I saw it, like, a hundred times because it wasn't like that, like, while you're waiting for your movie to start slideshow that you never go to because you show up mm. right when the movie starts. And I used to show up for movies, like, 45 minutes yeah. before they started. Back when we that. could go to movies. <laughs> Remember when movies were a thing? Wasn't that nice? Even so, I put a squash to that. Kind of. I still aim for it. I try. It's part of the experience. Anyhow, let's move into favorite parts. I'm going to go first because I've already definitely mentioned mine, and it's got to be Reese Darby. The intro of Reese Darby. They take a look at him. He stands up, turns around, and goes, Bush! Turns back around and goes, Man! Turns around goes, Bush! He's wearing a fake bush all over him. He goes, Man! Bush man! And, and he's so proud of it, and it's like, God damn it, that's my favorite character <laughs> in this movie. And it's a good-looking Bush. Yeah, when he turned a... around, I legitimately thought Bush. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and, and even the scene where he, like, tries to distract the... Uh, the army and the police and he's just out there amongst no bushes and he turns around and is like that's natural that that bush would be there like <laughs> that's how believable that was <laughs> man with the army it's just so good just the oh, we're out of options pretend to be dead <laughs> oh come on guys it doesn't work if we don't all do it <laughs> uh, my favorite part or line more so is also from that period uh, it's when they're like alright come on we got it what is- there's gotta be another way to get out of here and then Reese Darbiga is taking them to where he believes he has a series of tunnels. And he opens the door and goes, Ah, I didn't dig it yet. What have I been doing with my life? Uh, I don't know if that's the exact quote, but it was great. I think that's immediately before the play dead. Yeah. No, that's after play dead, I is think. It I think it's after yeah. play dead. Because oh. then they go to the truck. That's right. That's right. Yeah. No, um, <laughs> oh, this was a tough one for me because there's so many. But I'm going to pick um, the scene with Taika as the minister. And just oh as, there's God. a door. You go through the door. And there's another door. And who's behind that door? It's Jesus. He, yes, he's behind that door. He's a very tricky fella. <laughs> it's just like it goes on. It's like, so as good. brilliant as that scene is, the main reason why I love it so, so much is the whole. So here's this door, and who? What's this? What's behind this door? Jesus? No, it's not Jesus. What are you talking about? It's another door. Who's? What's behind that door? Jesus? Yeah, it's Jesus. <laughs> He's so offended at her guessing the wrong answer. Like you're insane for thinking me Jesus. It's another door. And he's, he's behind that one. And I was, I was just watching that, going, "What is this eulogy? What I know, does this right? Have to do with anything? Oh my god." If I was Sam Neill, I would have slapped him. Well, he does just walk out. Yeah. Yeah. But no. I would have slapped him and walked out. <laughs> but I could, I could have just listened to a whole service, like a whole sermon from Taika's minister, just because it was so batshit, so out there. I just. <laughs> I don't think I could. It was painful. <laughs> it was so good. I thrive on pain. <laughs> I, I choose that door. <laughs> I would be like, God is asking you to stop. <laughs> he he demands it. <laughs> All right, let's do some double features. What, what are we going to double feature with this one? It's going to be tough. I got mine. Go for it. Swiss Army Man. Oh, that's okay. a good one. It's a perfect That's thing. a really good yeah, one. You got one, like, they're both kind of fantasies. Yeah. Uh, 
where you have to choose between what is what is more realistic. Like, is this all from the one person's perspective? Is this actually happening? I need to go back and rewatch that movie. That movie's fucking good. Yeah. Oh, that just threw me all out of whack. That's a good one. Damn yeah, it. no, I'm, I'm... All right, I got one. Uh, I'm going to go with... This is going to seem a little unconventional, but I think uh, I think they'd pair together really well. Better than you're thinking. Uh, I'm going to go with The Graduate. Okay. They both have a little bit of like a coming-of-age-esque story to it. Both kind of like, that's eh, kind of there. It's also kind of not. They are trying to buck against the system. Kind of buck against the system. And it's also like, these have very dramatic, sad things in it. But at the same time, it's also kind of funny at times. You, you'll kind of laugh. Like, you, it kind of makes you feel okay while everything is awful. And then the ending, everything just sort of kind of works out, even though it probably shouldn't have. Things do not work out at the end of The Graduate. They're riding a bus together. They're, they're having a great time. And then they're slowly realizing that they've destroyed both of their lives. Everything worked out fine. They got a bus. They <laughs> caught their bus. I think that's why... Didn't I talk about it on Eagle vs. Shark about the ending yeah, did. of yep. that? Yep. It's kind of like The Graduate. You shouldn't be together. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so with the exception of the ending working out, the rest of it, I still think I think the movies would pair together well. Yeah. I think. I'd have to watch it to find out. I don't think you're wrong. Okay, let's see. I'm going to go... I had a couple options, but I'm going to go Tucker and Dale versus Evil and this. So you've got the, the kind of the, the fun indie people in the woods. It ends kind of, it ends happy. And then you switch gears, and it's two kind of doofuses in, in a taika vein, but then everything just goes to shit. So kind of a... Yeah. A, again, again, a kind of a slightly against type, but you're feeling good. And then you can have fun. Like, not that the other one isn't fun, but it's just like you can kind of continue ride that high. Yeah, I can see it. That, that, that could be a fun afternoon or evening or afternoon into evening. Since it is yeah, I'd say maybe like a Sunday afternoon. You start at 2 and then end yeah. like, like in the evening as everyone gets back home for yeah. dinner. Yeah, that works. Yeah, I think the, these all three would be really good. I think Chewie won the game, though. Oh, That, yeah. that one just, that's Yay. just too perfect. Um Swiss Army Man, where a guy pukes water and you're really excited about it. And, and he propels himself with the power of farts. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that movie's so fucking weird, but so good. <laughs> Brought to you by Harry Potter. From <laughs> the time when Daniel Radcliffe was a farting corpse with a boner? <laughs> I do, and I loved it. <laughs> I thought it was a very smart and well-made film. Very poignant, too, at times. J- J- You'd Carol- have to watch it for any of this to make sense. <laughs> J.K. Rowling probably hated it. Yeah, she probably did. I think she hates most things these days. Anyhow, next week, the final week of Taika Waititi Month, which is a little little sad to see him go. It feels like these months are going by faster. Like I feel like we're just flying through these things now. Like John Singleton, I felt like we only did like one movie. And it's like, no, we did all four. Yeah. We did it. I mean, quarantine, we're just into such a rhythm at this point. I guess that's true. Every yeah. day. It's yeah. Just, yeah. Uh, so next week, we'll be finishing up Taika Waititi Month with Jojo Rabbit, his most recent endeavor. Academy, nom- Academy Award nominated all over the friggin' place. I think it even won a couple. Uh, very excited to get into this. Uh, and then, coming up for August, I will announce now, we are changing gears just to kick it a bit for Behind the Hype. And we're not going to do a director or an actor or a uh, cinematographer or costumer or any of those things. We're going to do an organization. And I, I think that will make things a little bit different. It'll be kind of a nice change of pace for us. And we're going to do Saturday Night Live movies. SNL. 
I am so excited just to do a f- bunch of SNL movies because there's a lot of overlap. Like it'll still work into our themes of like when they're figuring things out, when they're failing, like all that. I think everything will still work the same way. It'll just be kind of coming at it from a slightly different angle and just kind of give us a little breather of just doing very deep dives into uh, specific people for uh, every month. And I think it'll be a, a nice change of pace for us. Well, yeah, and it, it makes sense because yeah, they're an institution and they've. Sorry, oh, no. slam doors. Someone came in behind John. Uh, it sounded like John fell off his chair to me. Is John okay? Yeah. Because John is okay. <laughs> John is. Lord Michaels just pushed over John. Yeah, John is physically okay. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> um, yeah, no, but they're an institution. They're an institution. SNL. It works. You could even do it for like Blumhouse. You know what I mean? Like, it works to me. It makes sense. This is a perfect idea. Yeah. Thank you. I- I'm pretty happy with it. I think we're. I think it's. You know what? I think it's be the best yet. Yeah. Because of course it is. So let's do a very quick round of plugs, and then we'll say goodbye. Uh, I will go first with uh, this past Monday. If you didn't see, we released the series finale for now of Venture Bros, the Venture Brothers podcast. It was uh, it was a doozy to record. The thing is long, but like packed the gills with just tons and tons of fun. Uh, most fun I've had recording a podcast with those guys. I think probably throughout the entirety of the show. Uh, it was just. An, utter joy to record uh very emotional to edit because i'm like oh it's over and then the post was just a lot of fun i highly recommend you go to our website athpod.com and check out the post for it i put a whole bunch of easter eggs all over the thing if you're uh, venture brothers fans uh it was a really really fun send-off uh to a show that i will miss um for now for now but that's okay because coming up august 3rd monday august 3rd the premiere of Welcome to You Are Doom, a Frisky Dingo podcast. And, uh, doom, doom, doom. I'm not going to say another thing about it. Is Just it get ready. an ironic doom? <laughs> Is the doom in quotes? Uh, <laughs> That's the tagline. That's the PR tagline for the new podcast. Is the doom in quotes? <laughs> I feel like I still, even though I'm not going to be on that podcast, I feel like I need to give you notes. That's fine. My wife says this about the ant lady. <laughs> It's not wise to antagonize antagony. Is that your name? Was Betty Bug Lady already taken? <laughs> <laughs> Movie, that show, is fucking genius. And I'm so excited to do the podcast about it. Chewy, plugs. Watch Superstore. It's on Hulu. Uh, and it's uh, still in hibernation right now. Bummer. Yeah. Isn't everything I mean, in Hollywood? most of Hollywood is in hibernation. Yeah, maybe if people wear their masks, we could get back to work. Wear your masks, people, uh, and wash your hands, and just try working together and not arguing about everything. (sighs) Wouldn't that be nice? (laughs) No. (laughs) Never. No! No! I'll do things my way! Uh, John Plugs? Uh, Yeah, uh, ATHpod.com. We've got uh, a Doctor Who article incoming. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, know what I mean, know what I mean? Hopefully. Uh, also got uh, Demon Days, the actual play podcast that I am a DM for. We're having a great time and always always up to no good. Had to say goodbye to a cast member. Very very sad to see her go. Yep. <laughs> she to... belongs to the South now. <laughs> it was a very exciting episode, though, so you should at least check uh, last week's and this week's out. Um, good stuff. Yeah. That's that's uh that's it though, right? We did it? Yes. We did, we did it? it. We're done? Yep. We've hunted, we've wildered, we've peopled. Next week, Jojo Rabbit, and bye. 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 <laughs>